Good morning, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Nate. Nate, how's it going this morning? Pretty good, pretty good. Been uh, ready for this for a while. Man. Uh, like savings time, kind of uh, screwing with things a little bit, but hey, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I stood Nate up this morning a little bit, folks. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, <clears throat> You know, dad life is a tiresome life, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I have to tell you a secret of uh, a father of 10 years, you know, 11 years. You could go in 11 in January. There's this magic potion you can get. You have to brew it with these magic beans. I don't drink coffee, man. I just can't. <laughs> it just, it just the glory of coffee is you can doctor it up to anything you want and... Uh, Make it sweet, make it bitter, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it uh, keeps you going in the t- during the day. But uh, that's me. Yeah. I uh yeah, co- coffee uh has never been my friend, unfortunately. But um yeah, so you know, we got the newborn and last night was the first night where she was pretty fussy and uh my alarm went off and I thought I woke up. <laughs> you dreamt that you woke up yeah yeah <laughs> so. i've done that i have to, that worse is when you go to do that and it's like you're on your way to work or you're not on your way to work that you're dreaming but you're you're got to get up and go to work the that day and you dreamt the alarm went off and, oh yeah yeah know. yeah and, it uh no, I'm I'm usually a very punctual person, but uh, last night was rough. Oof, man. Anyway, uh, yeah. so how'd your week go, man? I haven't talked to you in forever. Uh well, um, we, the roof is almost done on our house. Um, right now, the thing that's holding it—I mean, I say almost done. The shingles are all on. Um, mm-hmm. They've just got to do like the roof roof line the cap uh, yeah and then just clean up you know clean up stuff i say clean up you know putting you know, where they removed siding to be able to put flashing up um that sort yeah. of thing and yeah it's probably a day tops uh, and, and you guys kind of got uh sidetracked because you guys got snow this week right we we did, and it was really kind of funny. We on Friday we got snow. Um, up here at the farm, we got probably about two inches. Oh wow! Um, my brother who lives in town, just three miles away, but you know, seven hundred feet in elevation, uh, he got a dusting, and it was here. It was thirty. So the snow stuck around for most of the day. Yeah. Um, where he is, it was like 35. So by the time the sun fully came up, it was gone. Uh, now tonight, now we're in the, where we are, we are in the Syracuse uh, Lake Effect Belt. Uh-huh. For those who, who don't realize the significance of that is Syracuse is considered one of the uh, snowiest cities in the U.S. or cities yeah. over twenty five thousand. 
uh, year after year, the number one from the most amount of snow. Um, the thing about about it is about the lake effect. Lake effect belt is they don't even forecast that. I mean, they do. They'll say, "Hey, we're going to get lake effect tonight," but very rarely do they say how much or where. Yeah. <laughs> Just there'll be lake effect bands moving through the area tonight. Yeah, and it could be like an inch, or it could drop a foot. Uh, depend just depending on what the winds do. Uh, so yeah, we're getting we're forecast to get more snow tonight. Um, this time they're actually giving a prediction of like two to five inches. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, it'll be beautiful in the morning uh, for my morning commute. So yeah, we, uh, we had snow, but it 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 didn't stick. You know, we're so far south. We have the river right here, so it keeps us warm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, we had some snow. We were like, "Oh, Alice, look, your first snow!" But <laughs> nothing to write home about. It was mostly rain that day. So yeah, uh, it's like, and that's the way it was all last year. And we were all talking, you know, before we did, did the podcast. Was we'd be getting, you know, snow and be like winter wonderland and talking to you and, and hearing it'd be just you'd be getting snow but snow oh we did see a flake <laughs> yeah exactly and we're in the same state um yeah two hours away yeah but no otherwise um other things going on well well some of it will be topic for later um but uh in in the barn Things are calming down. We've got one more milk test to go. We have two does who are within spitting distance of earning the milk stars, yearling nice. does. Um, our older does are um, doing quite well. Uh, we went to owner sampler this year uh, because of COVID and right. Uh, you know, we didn't know at the time that we signed up for it, we didn't know what was going to happen. So we went safe and just said, we'll do it ourselves. Um, now we realize we probably could have gotten someone to done it and been on standard. Um, the the frustration part is we have a uh, purebred Oberhasley milker who right now is at about 2,900. I, I think oh, wow. what she said. I'll have to look into that, make get, confirm that. But you know, easily put her on the top ten. Um, Go cream! Yeah, that's exactly. It, it's cream of the crop. Uh, and yeah, but you know, it's how it was hard to predict that in March what was going to happen with this COVID stuff. Well, so I think, you know, I think that definitely. Uh, is nothing to be mad at yourself about. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and just looking at the numbers, yeah, she's at uh, 2920 right now, um, projected over 3,000 pounds, over 3,100 pounds. Um, and, uh, you know, she's only at day uh, 250. So it, it's like, ah! And we have a couple other does who are up in the uh, over 2,500. So... Um, things are going good there, but Jen's kind of getting sick of milking since January. 
You know, yeah. we're in November. Yeah. And she's been milking since January. She wants to have a break before the kidding season starts. Uh, yeah, I don't blame her. And the does want a break, <laughs> honestly. Um, uh, one doe, uh, you know, we'll talk about her later, but uh, she's just kind of like, when she comes out on the milk stand, she's like, still? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Jen put a, a, a kind of a hard date. I mean, we're going to do one more milk test and then. If they make it, they make it. If they get the star this year, they get the star this year. If they don't, they'll easily make it next year. So. Yeah. That's what's going on here. How about you, John? Other than the, uh, the new family, congratulations. I haven't actually been able to say it in person. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, the, the new family is good. We... Uh, been kind of focused on that you know chores chores are taking me about 15 minutes um to do and then you know i'm done uh i had a driveway breeding for orion this week actually it was a doe that i had sold bred and sold um last year yeah she was a kid when i sold her last year so she came and she was bred um which is awesome because that gives Orion, another doe to breed to and get some daughters, hopefully, on the ground. Good. Yep. But it was funny because that doe comes and she gets out of the truck and I'm like, man, she's not she's not huge. Like, she's a dry yearling. She should be, like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, huge. And then I was like, well, I, she, the person that had her, she was like, oh, how, how does his daughter look now? And I was like, here, I'll, I'll grab her. And she's like maybe five, ten pounds smaller than that dry earling. And she was like, Wow. I'm like, Yeah, she's she's big. A lot of that uh, is uh, is really I think envi- the environment the animal's growing up in. Um we yeah. we thought we've talked about uh you know Don George and his breeding not his breeding program, but his feeding regimen. Um yeah. and I know a couple other breeders and OB breeders who have a similar sort of uh, feeding regimen and they, they have these big animals and um, it, one of the things that a couple of years ago, you know, Jen and I looked at and uh, we, we started picking things up that they were doing and yeah, we've got, Mm -hmm. you know, you saw, you know, there's B and I would tell you B's not as big as uh as her half sister Mage, uh, Mage is bigger than some of our yearlings actually, um, and she wasn't the largest wow. in the group of kids that you know. Her, she had a larger sister, um, but uh, I think it's a lot of it is how you feed, and not saying that you the person who had that Obi didn't feed her right. No, I think that's actually probably on me. Oh, really? Um, I do. I, I honestly do, looking back at how I've done things. I mean, this year, as you know, my kids are, are huge, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I used to just keep kids on milk for eight, maybe ten weeks, and then kick them right. off, right? Which is what a lot of people and do. nothing but wrong I also with that. Didn't, yeah. I also didn't really take, like, I'd, I'd treat them for coccidia pre- prevention once and be done. But then with talking to other breeders they were like you know i was worried about one of my goats being smaller 
And the person was like, the breeder was like, well, why don't you, I know you already did coccidia prevention, hit him again. So I did. And he blew up. And I did the same with my kids and they blew up. And I was like, all right, well, this is something. This, this maybe, maybe they need, you know, that two, that two time, you know, Corid, because that's what I use this year. Okay. Corid, uh, Caxidia treatment, and then they're good. So instead of just hitting them once and being like, all right, done, hit them twice. And, and I also kept the kids on bottle a lot longer. Um, a lot longer. I think, ooh, I want to say they were probably. You're at 18 weeks with Mary Mac. Yeah, eight, I was going to say probably eight, 18 weeks with Mary Mac, and that was light with her. And I think I was at 20 to 22 weeks with the others, which helped, I think. So, because you look at damn raised kids and they're so huge because they get all the milk they want for a while. Right. So I kind of, so I kind of thought about that and tried it and that worked. So I think that looking at kids from even last year where I wasn't doing that and seeing them as a dry yearling and I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. They're an overhosley. They look good, but you can definitely tell they don't have that that strength that these these March kids have. Right. You know? Plus, I was using different bucks last year than I was with that kid. Well, it, I mean, so, that, and that's going to come into play a lot too. I mean, you're going to have certain bloodlines yeah. that are just smaller. Um, yeah. You know, and even within those bloodlines, you'll have. Uh, sub, you know, strains, var- varieties of uh, bloodlines from those herds that are larger than bl- bloodlines within that herd. Um, yep. You know, we, we, this week, you and I have been messaging back and forth about, uh, you know, Voss, and Voss is a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, buckling. And there's a, he's like got it. a, what, an uncle <clears throat> across the state that's, smaller but but he's yeah. closer to a bloodline that may be a little smaller you know or slower growing um and uh Voss is just you know he's growing like uh, like a weed for for you there um and uh yeah you know we've got lines here that are you know the three years till they get maturity whereas we've got bloodlines here that they're Ninety, a hundred pounds is is kids going into the breeding pen, and you right. know, and they're freshening at a hundred and fifty. Whereas, you know, there's there's lines that aren't. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's just there's some lines with any breed that you have to wait until they're you know a year old before you even think about breeding them, and then there's some that. You're like, all right, well, let me tape this one, see where they're at, because they're close. Yeah. But so. as far as the Cox City, I think that's a, a huge one too. Um, we have yeah. we have a pair of twin sisters here, and uh, one doe is just she's gorgeous. She's she's you know normal sized Oberhasley doe. I'd say you know, you know, and uh, she's just a beautiful doe. Um, we were hoping to finish mm-hmm. her this year, but you know, we, we got to uh, one, maybe two shows and it just didn't pan out. 
um, you know, judges were going for something other than what we had. And, um, but her littermate sister, you know, we've spoken to a number of different breeders about her littermate sister is just barely at the minimum for Oberhasleys. And she's she's a small doe. She really is a small doe. Uh, But she's my, my eldest daughter's first 4-H animal. And so there's, you know, there's a little bit of a heart goat going on there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and she's just <laughs> slow, you know, doe. She's a very sweet doe, but she's just kind of like, you know, she doesn't run around and cause trouble. So we, we keep her around. But in talking with a number of different breeders about her, why did her sister grow so well and did she, did, she didn't? It kind of comes down to like, well, maybe she got a low low level of coccidia in her that, or the coccidia that was in her became just that one level that it impeded her growth. Um, yeah. And, you know, so we've gone to trying to treat coccidia, you know, we use uh, uh, blue seal, uh, meat goat grow and finisher for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got uh, Bovatec in it, which you know de- deal with the Caxidia. Um We also have gone and gotten. Uh, I want to say it's it's. I believe it's Morgan Allen, who uses this uh, added if you add to the milk, it's like one squirt for three gallons. Um, I forget the exact name. Um, that it's a coccidia treatment that you just kind of do as you're feeding, um, right? You know, to try to fight with the coccidia. The only problem with all of these treatments is, um, eventually you'll you'll eliminate all the coccidia that would be affected by these medication or treatments, and you'll be left with the strain of coccidia that's resistant to this treatment, and you still get coccidia. Right. That's why I, I mix it up. So, like, last year I did the, what is it, dimexithal? Oh, yeah, the dimeth. Yeah. And then the year before I used something else. I can't remember the name now. I always switch up when it comes to my warming. We do, too. We try, so, um, we try to, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to, um, especially with, like, the worms, you you see that in a lot quicker generation where you use like ivermectin all the time in a year or two, you're going to find that it's not doing anything. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, for us, we don't keep them on the Bovatech feed and when they get weaned, they're off of the, the milk additive. Um, and, you know, then we we treat as we start seeing issues. Um, also, the other thing is keeping your, your facility clean um, and yes. especially dry, which right now is hard because of the rain and the snow and and stuff. You oh, know, yeah. I, uh, you know, like my uh, my goat barn right now is in mid deep bedding method form where usually it's beginning 
deep bedding method for him for winter. So hopefully this week it'll be dry enough and warm enough where I can get the does on pasture and I can clean up their pens and try not, hopefully not kill my well, back. I've got the fun thing. I'm going to be trying to, you know, this probably today, later today, providing it doesn't rain all day. Uh, I try to clean the area right behind the barn, just scrape it clean. And, and so that they're on solid ground back there. Um, yeah, but no, it's, it's stuff you, we've got to look into is, is the, uh, Coxidia and keeping the things under control. Oh, yeah, I had a my first year breeding. I had kids out of my doe salsa, one of my foundation yeah. does. She had a buck and a doe tw- uh, twins, and I treated for Coxidia, but I forget what I used, and it was I did something, and the kids were stupid on the bottle. They had they had drank off the dam before I could get to them. So they had full be- bellies and they just were slow to get on the bottle. Well, fast forward. And the one kid who actually is owned by the girl that just brought that dough to be bred. Um, he is two now, three, somewhere around there. Uh, he's going on three and he is the size of, he's smaller than my oh, wow. kids. Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder what's going on there. Oh yeah, so it's not uh, on on her, but on I don't on, know like, if, it, if there might have been a coccidia issue. And oh, I, I believe there was. I think I messed up somewhere with them, those two. I mean, I had no other issues with any of my kids besides those two. And he, yeah, he just didn't grow. I mean, I look at him and I'm like, Jesus. And that's kind of what happened uh, with this one doling of my daughters is. You know, her, literally, her litter mate, sister, and her half-sister all grew beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they were born about the same time. Other does that year were born later. Um, but this one doling just, yeah, I mean, she's, now she's probably 120 pounds. But she, she's long and yeah. she's deep. And we often look at her and think, man, if you just grown up another four inches. Wow. Um, yeah. Otherwise, she's just this little sharp doe. And she is rather sharp for for her size, but you know, we've got other does in the barn who are taller, bigger, and look probably a little better. But she, but she's a hard doe. She's a, she's a lovey. And uh, so, and she's kind of that little, like, you cheer for for her and you root for her, even though she's not your doe. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. For her. Um, but we we often wonder, you know, did she you know have a strain of of it? Because the thing about Caxidia is, is it's actually always there. Yeah, it, it's, it's just it. it's kind of um, like uh, E. coli, <laughs> where, uh, <laughs> where it gets yeah. the. Problem comes when it erupts. The population of the bacteria erupts, in in causes issue. Then, and you've got to knock it back down, you know, to a manageable population. You're never going to eliminate it. I mean, you may in a, in yeah. a scientific setting, in a sterile, you know, barn setting, but um, 
it's it's one of these things that's actually it's always there in the environment, um, but to keep it under control. Um, but in yeah. that, you know, that's management. You know. Yeah. So, um, should we move on to sure, some sure? Sure. Yeah, we've been chatting just about you know stuff. Um, you know, so we've got uh, the Adga. Uh, national show. It's in the lawyer's hands at this point. Yeah, 2022. Sorry. 2022, the Harrisburg. Yeah. Uh, whether or not it's going to be in Harrisburg, I guess it's up to the lawyer for the facility and the lawyer for ADGA uh, to figure out the yep. uh, you know, the paperwork, the details. Um, yeah. They were waiting on an agreement for the force majeure, and then I think that was it. It was in lawyers lawyers' hands, so and that's we'll not see. a fast process because that's <laughs> has anyone who's ever dealt with lawyers or is a lawyer, you know, sometimes there's issues over the wording, and the wording can carry great weight, especially in a courtroom. So um, yeah. That's, we've all got to be patient. We all want the answer on that, especially here on the East Coast. But um, we really just have to be patient. Um, yeah, the amount of messages I've gotten from people in the last couple of weeks of them asking me what's oh, going me too. on, yeah. and and, uh, and you know, wondering about resolution. Well, it's it takes time. Uh, everybody knows I'm not very patient when it comes to this and i'm pretty heated when it comes to this uh topic <laughs> for i just feel like somebody has to speak up for east coast and uh but it's just it takes time i'm just i'm watching you know i'm i'm listening and waiting and hopefully we'll have good news in the next couple yeah. of shows or something now uh there was also so with linear appraisal we were talking about um, the task force. I haven't heard a single. No, thing but still. they have what they have till November fifteenth, so two weeks, um, to get back to uh, board of directors with a preliminary, not a final, a preliminary right uh, assessment of what's going on, and then they have till January to come back with a final. This is what's going on. This is what we recommend. Um. Now, I don't right. know who's on, who has signed up to be on that task force, um, no clue. but no clue. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully we'll find out soon. Uh, maybe or maybe um, they need to be kept a little bit anonymous so that people like me aren't trying to bend yeah. their ear. That's a good uh, idea because you know I'm not yeah, I'm not true. an appraiser. They need to find out from the appraisers what's going on because um, they're yeah. the ones who are. Who are yeah, upset over the the situation they're in. I personally, though, think that some of the issue may have taken care of itself, but I could be totally wrong. It probably am. Um, yeah, who knows? It we won't know until until linear appraisal comes. Well, and, and keep in mind that sign up for that. You know, you kind of do that with the, some people will do that with their uh, membership. Re-upping yeah. your membership, and that's coming up here in you know in a month or so. You know, you sign up for your your Adga Plus membership, and I know a lot of people are, are wondering, 
if I sign up for Adka Plus and I don't get linear appraisal, you know, do I yeah. get anything? Well, yeah, I. Well, I'm sitting here wondering the same thing because this would be my first year signing up for Adka Plus. I personally Plus say we're and... gonna we're going to sign up for it no matter what. Um, we think that the be- uh, the other benefits are just as good as just getting the linear, um, you know, and we're still going to sign up for it. Um, we're still doing milk tests. Yeah. Um, we, we like, you know, the, the, you don't really get free DNA tests, but you, you know that they're there. Uh, you paid for the three DNA tests, which we use on a buck kids. Um, if, if we don't have an issue where there's, you know, two straws that got dropped into a dough, which we'll discuss in a little bit. Um, you know, <laughs> if you know something like that, uh, we like knowing the DNA is, uh, is available. Um, you know, we like the advantages that they seem superficial that Adga plus gives you, but this it's, it's good. And it's good advertising. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, um, linear. Well, again, I think we'll find out a little. We'll know a little bit more maybe here in a couple weeks. We may not, um, but I think that's something where we just have to. That's be supportive of your appraisers. You know, maybe that's the other thing we all ought to look at. This is if you know, and I'm fairly certain appraising is going to be done this year. But when you're the host, or even if you're uh, going to somebody's stop to be appraised, have your animals appraised, be as courteous as you can be to these people. It's not an easy job. Uh-huh. Um, it really isn't. And, you know, you know yeah, I, I know that they're supposed to bring their own uh, meal, their own lunch, so that you're not you know, they're not going, oh, I like the funks better because they bring, a, they do a chicken barbecue with all the fixings. Um, you know, which, <laughs> sorry guys, we don't do. Uh, but, uh, you know, so they're supposed to bring their own food and, and then they're it's supposed to be kept more professional than kind of a, hey, I'm here to look at you go. Yay. Um, but um, I think if you can make it easy, have people lined up, make it so it flows, um, you know, have handlers available to help herds that are trucking in or for your own self, um, have an, a good uh, all-weather location or at least a plan should it rain mm-hmm. or storm. Um, you know, things to make the, the job easier. Um, it, it, it's my recommendation. Um, uh, otherwise, yep. You know, just be supportive of your appraisers. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> now the final bit of news. I didn't really dig too hard for news because there wasn't much going on. For a bit. Um, yeah. So the other. The last thing that I want to touch on is Bucks to Rebuild also had 
uh, has another auction going on. They've got their own. They've um, got a new Facebook for, page for that. Whereas before it was just a thing. Yep. Just a thing that was happening, but now they've got their own Facebook page yeah, for bucks a, to rebuild. Um, if you you could go and you yep. can join the page or the group, um, the way you would join your Adga district groups or your, your Goat Talk groups or or whatnot, you can join that and then join the discussion. You know. Yeah, and uh, right now they have a auction going on you can go to their facebook page built bucks to rebuild and it closes at 12 47 p.m and p.m today. um uh okay 12 47 p.m so the, around Eastern noon time. after just afternoon yeah yeah for for or, eastern people yeah so uh yeah i mean it looks like there's still a lot of quality stuff being offered on this auction um then you might find yeah. a deal. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, we'll move into our topic, which is uh, wrapping up breeding season. So we didn't really touch in on our personal farms breeding season wrap up because we knew we were going to talk about it here um, during our introduction this morning. Um, so, so first thing I is, we're wrapping uh, up. Where are you? Where are you in your breeding season, John? Done. I'm hopefully done. <laughs> I have does to watch for heats this week. And then if they don't come into heat, that means in my eyes they're bred. I usually don't draw blood. But again, I might because last year I had a doe that I was bothering Nate with asking, do you think she's bred? Do you think she's bred? <laughs> so I might draw blood and check them. But uh, yeah, right now the four does that we bred this year um, over Hosley's and over Hosley type experimentals, they're bred. So we're excited. Wow. Yeah, no, we, uh, <laughs> we are kind of what we're wrapping up. Um, we're wrapping up. <laughs> we have uh, three does left, possibly two more beyond that. Um, our, uh, the, the 2020 kids that we know we wanted to get bred, um, the last one um, was in the pen last night with uh, Leo Cadio. Mm -hmm. Leo Cadio. Hi, Brandy prefers it to be Cadio. <laughs> um, we, and, and everyone else in my family calls him Leo Cadio. And I, for some reason, it's the, maybe it's the New Yorker, John. You know, Cadio. I think I think it's because I I call me Acadio, <laughs> so you always I'm always echoing in your ear um, about that. Yeah. So how tight are you guys looking at for a breeding season? You know, you're still wrapping up. So when when are you guys well, going to be starting um, and ending? We have a doe due on the twenty third, I think, of uh, January. Um, I'm sure. mm -hmm. No, on the 31st of January. And uh, now it's looking like, um, well, we're, I mean, we're still kind of uh, looking at, uh, I think, May, not May, uh, April. Um, 
Yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're looking at about April. Um and uh it's it's a lot tighter than last year, but we've we've got a bunch of does that we're watching and we're gonna do some blood testing to confirm our AIs. We have three does, actually now four does. Um but three of them will blood test here shortly. Um, or we may end up act- actually, I think that one will, those three are still in milk. So we'll probably do the, I mean, it's not as, as accurate as the blood test, but we'll probably do the, the milk test, the pregnancy test with the milk test on those three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, last year, goodness, we started in January and we were freshening out in June. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So you're yes. tighter than you were last um, year. Um, and, uh, our one, uh, holdout for last year was, was Ava and she freshened out in June and her, her doe kid, she had a single doe kid and her doe kid's staying dry this year. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, probably no, she, that. I mean, I mean, and that's because you know she's had about fifty pounds, um, and I just you you don't. Oh wow! In our herd, we don't breed them until they're about seventy-five. Uh, we just we we yeah. would rather yeah, um, get have them get the size because uh, we also wonder if that might have been the issue with that doe that I mentioned that may have had cachetia. That's the other thing we wonder about mm-hmm. because um, she, n- until this past year, we left her dry this past year, but uh, she's generally about the height of a nine to 10 month old doe kid. And we fully believe that she didn't grow after she was bred. She got to about 75 pounds and she got bred and that was it she stopped growing um well scare me it was stuff well, like so that, that's man. why we try to make sure they get at least <laughs> 75 pounds um and it didn't help that yeah. for her first freshening she ended up with a 12 pound buck kid i mean uh, freshening yeah. at 75 or 80 pounds and having a 12 pound buck kid that's um monstrous but um but so we have three does who are holdouts um okay that's not too bad because you guys you guys breed quite a few so that's not too bad we uh we're looking at like our kidding season it's gonna be a long one nate i mean (laughs) we're looking right now yeah we're looking at march 11th and then i think the last one is due uh-huh. March 18th. How so. can you stand that? You're going to be yeah, freshening it's... forever. Not. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's without that's without inducing, so it'll actually be tighter. So. <laughs> I, I'm just looking at spreadsheet yeah. quick, and I'm seeing that the doe who was bred last night will be March 30th. I mean, of course, yeah, we we induce as well. Um, that's probably one of my one of my favorite breedings of yours for this year. I have two I'm really excited about for yours, but I think I'm really excited about that one from last night. Uh, oh, well, that was the AI last night. That's one of my three 
uh, problem child. Um, right. So we have a doe, uh, Lyra, um, who's a cane daughter. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. we just hadn't seen her come in heat. And we'd been waiting and watching. And every morning and every night at milking, she'd get paraded by the box. And she'd be like, who are these guys? They stink. And she'd walk away. And so we we <laughs> thought about it. We talked about it. We said, okay, well, we're going to put a cedar in. We're going to do the cedar protocol, PG-600. Um, and uh, so... We we put Cedars in in Lyra and Addie and uh, Yearling uh, Mage. Um, Mage is a half sister mm-hmm. to Lyra, um, and so we pulled Cedars Friday morning. Friday morning. And you did the PG-600 protocol that um, actually uh, a friend of ours, uh, Christine, you know, kind of gave my wife as to follow. And we, and Lyra came like right into raging heat. Boom. Um, total, total buck crazy over this little like fangirling. And standing at the edge of the pasture and <laughs> calling to the bucks, <laughs> you know, they're they're a hundred feet away. Their pasture is hundred feet away, and she's calling to them, and they're going pacing back and forth. Um, now the plan with with Lyra was to um, live cover her with Orion or AI her to Orion, and so right. Um, in just trying to do the math as far as gas to go get her bread, you know, in a pickup truck that gets, you know, 15 miles to a gallon, um, right. we, uh, we decided to, to, uh, use one of our few straws of Orion that, that you've graciously let us keep. And, uh, we AI'd her last night. Um, again, a recommendation of our friend Christine, and we'll we'll do her again mm-hmm. uh, this morning uh, after we get done with the podcast, and we'll see if she sticks. If not, the one of the backup plans is a uh, Leocadio um, or a mm-hmm. uh, trip to go see Voss, not Voss, Orion in person. Um, yeah. So, um, and then no, we've got awesome. uh, Addie and and Mage, um, and Addie will Addie and Mage will both be uh, live covered on Leak Audio. Um, Mage, it, it, Mage is one of those that we're really kind of excited about that braiding actually, because mm-hmm. uh, she's a Lux daughter, so. Right, so it's like the first fruition of using right. both your the, bucks that you moving have. Moving towards that, that, that breeding yeah, that I get that. we're looking for. So um, 
a little bit of goosebumps there. And then Addie, we just love her utter, and we're just trying to get some improvements <laughs> in areas that we know she needs. And and Leo's got it. So yeah. we're we're hoping that uh, you know we'll go out to chores here in a bit, and they'll be ready. Um, but uh, so now, yeah, you you mentioned Obi's there, Chan. Uh, are you breeding the yeah. Nigis? We are not. So with Alice here now, we, uh, Tierney and I, my wife, uh, talked and we wanted to, we wanted to keep it light, um, and manageable because most likely it's just going to be my show this year. I mean, she'll help when she can, obviously, but it's going to be a majority of, you know, the John show. Um, so it was a matter of, we freshened six this year, I want to say. Yeah. Six total? Six, six energies. Yeah. And we okay. freshened six total le- this year, like last spring. So <clears throat> Kenny, you know, saw that it it's it's work, even though the Nigerians take two seconds, really, to milk. Um, but she, you know, wanted it to be a little bit lighter just to have peace of mind, which I'm fine with. So we decided we're not breeding the Nigerians this year, um, which might come back to bite us. You know, the Nigerian kids bring us good money and they are fun to milk. I think they're, you know, both of them that freshened had lovely udders, but we both agreed that um, we're going to take the year off from them. We actually sold our Nigerian buck um, for various reasons, but mostly because he was a pain in the butt. So next year, for breeding season, we're probably going to just do AI on our Nigerians. We're not going to add in another Nigerian buck. <laughs> so far, that's our plan. <laughs> um, it's just, man, those Niger that Nigerian buck kind of ruined me of them. And I, if it was up to me, we probably wouldn't have Nigerians. Just I, I think I it, one so animal um, can have a profound impact on on you. I mean, for example. Jen and I were thinking about, you know, we lost, uh, we had a doe, Mountain Spring uh, Thin Mint, uh, came out of uh, Nancy Hayes' herd. And we were talking about it um, a few Mm -hmm. months ago about how that doe, we took her to our very first show and we figured we were just going to see how we did. We figured it was like a litmus test of how we were going to do. And she swept all three rings. It was a three-ring show, and she swept them all. And we came home, and we're like, whoa. And we started talking, okay, well, who are we going to breed her to next? And, and, you know, okay, well, we've we've got – we had this buck, Rebel, and so we repeated the breeding again. And we we ended up at Nationals, and he he was the second-place get a sire. And I was like, whoa, you know, just those two Mm -hmm. animals themselves – kind of made us, you know, really want to get into it. But at the same time, I think right. having a, uh, especially as a herd sire, be, be something where you just, it crushes your spirit. Like, ah, you know, I got problems with this one. Yeah. 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 And this guy, you know, he, he just, and it wasn't even, there were some things I could look 
passed with his you know body you know he had the, some weak pasterns but the one big thing was i'm trying to clip for a show or no i was just clipping orion just to clip and this buck's in full this nigerian's in full rut breaking out being a menace and that was it that was the last straw for me i was i couldn't i couldn't deal with him anymore you know um and he's doing great things for where he's at um you know, he's got does freshening. Wow. Oh, in, wow. I think three weeks. Yeah, he uh, he got right to work as soon as he got there. Um, <clears throat> but it's just the Nigerians. I love their personalities, but man, that buck ruined me. So we're going to we're going to try our hand at AI, see how it r- works. You know, we there's some really good bucks in tanks right now for Nigerians that I think we could take advantage of and, accept, you know, propel our our program and and really i could choose two sires or two different bucks to start two different lines and go from there um and then do some heavy line breeding or something through ai in the future but uh yeah we're just not we're just not gonna get some good with them nigerian genetics you have some good overhazard genetics too but um you have a good nigerian genetic really down near you too where you are so I, I would imagine worst case scenario you could pick a doe up into a, the truck and take her to a buck, you know, quickly. And oh, yeah. you know, for two yep. or three does, that's really probably your best bet. Um but um that's I mean it, it's a decision you gotta make. Everyone's gotta got tough decisions to make. Um and I, I think having a tank really yeah, opens up possibility. You can individualize, like, oh, this doe needs more length, and so start looking for bucks with length of body. This doe needs, you know, a better, you know, feet and legs, and so you look for bucks with strong feet and legs. And yeah, you're right. There's mm-hmm. so many good bucks in tanks right, right. now. Um, and yeah, you know, yeah. But can I just say? I just want to say this because I this is one thing that irks me about Nigerians. The price per straw, Nate, per per straw. Are you kidding me? There's some of them there. I I will only defend this on this uh, (laughs) basis. I can see that. You know why? There's so many Nigerians out there right now. There's so ma- and there are so many in tanks, and, and there are so many good ones in tanks. But I'm also seeing that there are so many mediocre ones in tanks. And right, but even the mediocre but, um, ones are priced high. I don't know why the mediocre ones are, are priced high, but I know that some of the really good ones are priced high. Some aren't, but. Um, if they're good and they're carrying the traits that you want, it's kind of one of those finding a needle in the haystack. Um, if you find that needle and you really want it, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to pay to take it. Um, yeah. It, uh, well, I was just looking at prices and I was like, Oh, that's not bad per five straws. That's not bad. And then like, as I'm reading, straw, more, I'm like, Oh no! That's, um, I, I think it's that's a single straw. It's I was like, huh. trying to get the good <laughs> bloodlines. That's the hard part on Nigerians. 
um, they're out there, and there there's some nice ones up here in the Northeast. There's, there are, you know, a bunch of, all across the country. Um, but you've got to find the ones that where people are braiding because they they wanted a little tightness in the front end assembly, and they bred to this buck rather than the ones who said he got moon spots. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with people who want moon spots and the tight end, tight front end, but that. Yeah, tight end. I'm talking football there for a second. <laughs> um, but, but you know, uh, I, where I get my my issue with Nigerian, and I'll just state, state this, and then we'll try to move on from it, is I I like the breeders who are breeding for confirmation and and production. Correctness. Okay, rather than the ones who are saying. I've got three yep. blue-eyed, pulled, moon-spotted kids for sale, 200 apiece. Who wants them? Well, what? what? Oh, no. Blue-eyed, moon-spotted, and pulled, that's a thousand I know. Right okay. But, but well, what, what do their parents <laughs> look like? Oh, they're spotted, too. Well, no, no. What do the top line look like? Why? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, especially if you look from the top. Right. Yep, yep. Uh, but then there are breeders who who are breeding for confirmation and for production, and uh, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. those are the ones that I respect. Those I there's so many of them. I I can't name them all. I would say probably Nigerians are the most popular breed in Adga right now, easily. And it's oh, not 100%. and it's not that 100%. they show up at these shows and the sixty Nigerian kids. It's that they show up at these shows, and there's fifteen Nigerian breeders. You know, whereas like we show yeah. up to a show, and um, I, you know, there might be three or four Oberhasler breeders. You know, it's the most popular. Yeah, yeah it's like oh, there's there's Sally. Oh, hey Sally, what's up? How many did you bring? We need we need we need. Yeah, sure Nigerians never oh, have okay, to worry good. about Thanks, sanctioning. Sally. Um, whether or not the show will allow them in. Now, that's an issue, um, especially in New York for some reason. Um, yeah. But. But, yeah, so we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. From so. Because that. uh, <laughs> that's just a rabbit hole that I could get caught in all day. No. Uh, yeah, we'll move on. So, so John, of your, obviously, you didn't bring your energies. Are there any of, when I say excited, what excites you about these this breeding season? Uh, for my obers and experimental type obers, what excites me would probably be the fact that I'm using two well pedigreed bucks that yep look their pedigree. If you know what I mean, like they're very correct bucks. Yep. And have a lot of strengths behind them that all across the table yeah. improve my herd. Um, I I'm I guess lucky in the fact that I'm not at the 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 fine breeding where I'm I'm trying to fix just this one thing. It's there's uh, quite a bit of things yeah. that need to be fixed, and these bucks just happen to have that. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm more so excited because I have an 
Orion. Daughter, I was gonna say that that was one that I know I I would be excited about. Um, yeah, I uh, just to see both my bucks mix and see how they mix. Um, granted, it's just one breeding, right? So it's kind of a small test tube, but at least yes. it's something where I can see how the kids look. Um, and I know that it's exciting because reservations filled on that one, like, like in a, in a snap, as soon as I mentioned that she was bred or I awesome. like five so you got a, you got res- no, reservations. Um, uh, how much weight <coughs> do you put in that? I mean, you know, I I'd say, uh, like half of ours who put it, put in for a reservation, yeah. take them. Fulfill them, but some of them it depends on who's putting in the reservation too. Yeah, yeah, I right. Uh, I've I've had. I want to say I'm probably over fifty percent. I've had some pretty good luck. Uh, There's only been probably two or three times where I've messaged the person that put a reservation in and didn't hear anything back. Um, now I don't, Neither do I don't we. ask for money for reservations because that's just, cause, well, I just don't understand it because you're putting in a reservation for money. The kids aren't even born yet. You don't even know if you're going to get that buck that you want or that doe that you want. Um, and especially with us, with does, uh, doe kids, I basically say, yeah, I have the right to retain the first kid, um, on all of them. I always say retaining first it's, doe it's- kid. Um, so, and that's just, so I can evaluate, see what right, kind of because year it's we have easier to say, go and go right now that. it's easier to say she's not available and then look and go, oh my goodness, right. we had, you know, 90% of our kids were doe kids this year. We can't keep them all. And then you can decide to let one go. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have three doe right. kids born total, and, you know, those are mm-hmm. three out of Pete and Doe that had reservations. Now you've got to, like, deal with that sticky situation yeah. of saying to somebody, I know you gave me $50 down or $100 down on this Doe kid, but I want to keep her. Right. And now you got to explain to that person that that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Or you've got to say, I've got to fulfill mm-hmm. the reservation, and yeah. now you lose that doe kid. And we're all trying to breed to better our own right. herds. So. so if we do that, we're not bettering our own herd. We mm. don't. So what we try to do is we do, when we do reservations, um, we also say we're retaining the first doe kid. Um, and a couple of them we've actually said um, we're retaining the first buck kid, too. Um and right. um, we don't take deposits either. And um, some people say we just want a doe kid, you know, or they will say we want a doe kid out of so and so. And if they say they want a doe kid out of a specific uh, doe, we'll say, you know, keep in mind, we're going to keep, we want to keep the first doe kid out of them. And we just let them know that. Um, that all being said, with the reservations, um, no, I may be jinxing myself here, but like last year, I think we advertised only two or three does 
or animals and of of kid, you know, kid goats. And they were you know, they were gone within twelve hours. They were sold within twelve hours. And so Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 with the reservations, uh, we take reservations, but we also, in some of them, we know are hard, fast. They want the they want what they ask for. Um, some we don't know, so we'll find out right. when they when the kids are on the ground. We hope that they do because, um, you know, almost all of our reservations that we've got this year are really great homes. Um, so, you know, yeah. But you know, that being said, again, we you you want to keep we ourselves, the breeders, want to keep better animals because we're trying to breed better animals. And you know, if if we right. sell all our best animals, um, you know, unless it's into a show herd where we know they're going to be better, can't move forward. Well, you kind of slide back. Um, mm -hmm. Almost every animal we've bred this year, every prospective offspring, it sounds crazy. We've actually already got a, not a hard breeding plan for, but like, okay, if we get a doe kid out of, out of this doe, we <laughs> want to breed that yeah. this direction. Or, you know, there are some pie in the sky things like, oh, if we can get a, a buck kid out of uh, B, you know, we'll keep him, sort of thing. Or, you know, um, and we're, we're already trying to plan. <laughs> and it really sounds like crazy. And some people are like, how can you do that? We're already trying to plan, like, project our, the planning for generations out. And it's, I, I, oh, it's not crazy, dude. I'm I'm literally the same way. I have Paige bred to Voss this year. Then that kid bred to a couple of does, mostly or oh, a thanks. couple of bucks, <laughs> mostly in your barn. And then, and then I have that doe kid bred either back to Orion or to Kane. And then Orion the next year, it's like I, I've got it like figured out on each doe what I want to do. Now, when the kids come out and how they look, that could change it, you know. But that's like a, I, I, I think I'm pretty much with every doe. I'm you know, in the uh, talking where with I want them. my brother-in-law, he's he's a dairyman, um, and he was telling me, you know, they've got. You know, we've got ad we have ad good genetics and we can kind of predict like this breeding of, of Voss and B, for example. Um, you know, in dairy cattle, they've got software where they're projecting like they're taking that offspring and the offspring of uh Paige and in Voss and they're breeding those two together and they're figuring out, you know, that next breeding and the breeding after it and and the crazy thing is is they've got it down such to science they're pretty accurate of what the animal's gonna look like. They can yeah they so 
they've yep. come a long way. We as an industry could go further. Um, but you know, that's, that's a topic, you know, um, sometime I'd, I'd love to get, you know, Gene on who, who manages Adga genetics and just kind of pick his brain and ask him uh, questions. But I think for me, what I, I do is I try to look at what we've got and where we're going, what's in the tank, what's in the barn, what we have access to. Mm -hmm. Try to figure out, well, you know, what is this kid over here going to be? If if this doe in this breeding has a doe kid, what am I breeding that to so that I'm ready for when it's time? Right. Um, but it, it's kind of looking for the next big thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's every breeder's uh breeders want is is to breed the you know the next big thing. Um and we could really go on about this for hours. The one thing I do want to yes. touch on for people yes. uh before we go, Nate, is uh what dietary changes do you make after the dough is bred? Yep. What I do is I bulk up on hay, right? And I gear down on grain and I give them about, I never cut grain off completely, um, but I give them about half of what they've been getting now for the uh, last two months since I've dried them off, which is a scoop of grain for four doe kids and a scoop of grain right. So what we're doing, we're, we're doing a very milkers. similar thing, but right. we're still milking uh, eight does right now. Um, we've cut back on right. grain. Um, well, those who haven't been bred are still getting, you know, mm -hmm. the the normal grain. But those who have been bred are being cut back. Um, we're also, um, we're, we're, and since many of ours have already been, you know, bred, you know, we're really cutting back on the grain. But we will continue giving right. them something. It's kind of like they're, I don't know, they're, mm -hmm. they're Captain Crunch in the morning, say, you know, and otherwise for yeah. right now, we're yeah. keeping them on kind of a second cutting. We're really be jumping up on the hay there where we're at. The grasses have stopped growing, so mm -hmm. there's not much grazing going on. Um, so we're kind of keeping them up on sec some second cutting right, right. now. When we get into the harder, more winter months, we'll probably actually switch them over to a first cutting. Our does actually do better on a first cutting when it's really cold. Um, oh, well, yeah, it, it's lucky. like a dual-purpose hay. They'll pick through and they'll grab the, <laughs> the stuff, but they also, you know, they're ruminant, so they need that rumin that that fermentation going on, that warmth that goes on with that. And the more coarse hays, uh, at least what, what what I'm finding. They like mm. the more coarse hay um, for helping with that. And, you know, they get that internal warmth going on. Um, whereas the second cutting, it's a high protein and high, much higher protein. And, and it goes in, it, they get the protein, the energy from it, and it comes out. And, yes, they get a little bit of warmth, but not nearly as much as they get with the first cutting. And we'll probably be switching up more over to that here yeah you know as we get closer to december and in january um and then switching back to the second cutting um but otherwise yeah we likewise we, we 
kind of cut back on the grain. Um, probably until January when that first dose starts to bag yeah. up, and then we'll, we'll start graining her a little bit more because she'll be mo moving into uh, freshening. Um, and then, mm -hmm. you know, we, we uh, get them back into the grain as they freshen. Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of what we do, um, kind yeah. of similar to what you're doing. Um, would, I'd love to hear if anyone out there has a different graining um, philosophy um, or, or haying or dietary. Um, we, we keep them on minerals year round. Yeah. Um, free choice mineral. And uh, that's what we do. And we've had pretty good success. Um, yeah. But that's, we, you know, that rolls us right into, you know, your kidding season moving up in a couple months. So, yeah, yeah, we'll be uh, touching on kidding season and how we how we uh, manage our herds with kidding season and other things. Um, I did want to do a quick Diane to one of our fans that sent us a video. Oh yes, I um, Diane, yeah. Uh, so Diane, thank you, thank you for for uh, listening to the show, uh, Diane Williams Wilburn. Um, and I'm going to ask her if she would be okay with us sharing that video on our uh, Facebook page for the podcast. Um, but yeah, it was, she she messaged us said how much of a fan she is and sent us a video and said she did this uh, as part of one of her extensions um, and. It was a cool video to see her set up, and it really got Nate and I thinking it, about different setups. It in also different got parts me thinking. This is one of the things I, I, um, I really want so to say. Kind of cool. and thank you, because the other thing it got me thinking about is, in especially <clears throat> if you listen to our podcast, um, we as a dairy goat breeders have a definite uh, lingo or jargon to how we talk about things. We talk about heat cycles and mm -hmm. you know freshenings and and stuff. And Diane, in her uh, mm -hmm. her video, she she speaks to the person I think that has not walked in a barn and um, who doesn't know right. much about agriculture at all. And she makes it make sense, and she educates the listener and the viewer so well. But it's in a, I find found it so fascinating um i actually listened to it I, while driving um right. as well and it's just it uh you can you can do that if you have good signal um and it's it's a pretty good and, and it's a good view to see how things can be different in where you are um but sometimes they're the same um yeah you get a chance and we'll mm -hmm. see if diane let us post this post it to our page um, thank you, Diane. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, so yeah, no, other than, uh, uh, if you're in the Northeast or the East, stay warm or wherever you are, even in, in the Northwest, try to stay warm. It's going to be down to freezing down here tonight, you know, two to five inches, of course. And, uh, but then, Next mm -hmm. week, it'll be 65. Uh, <laughs> welcome to New York. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, we're getting rain today, and then we'll be up in the 70s, too. So, um, but yeah, thank thank you so much, Nate, for joining me. I'm sorry I was, you know, late getting up, but Fatherhood. by next week, I'll Fatherhood. be used to all this crazy sleep patterns. <laughs> all right. So, everybody, thank you for joining us. Nate. The Ringside, an American Dairy Goat Later. podcast. I'm John. Mm-hmm.